the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, hello, everyone. This is Al-Fadi, and thank you so much for joining us in another podcast of Let Us Reason. And we started it a new series on uh, basically government, politics, and the Bible. Government, politics, and the Bible. And uh, this is, you can call it, uh, session two or part two. Last time, I just laid out the groundwork from the scripture as to what is the role of believers, technically speaking, when it comes to government. And we use Romans 13 as one of the primary foundations for that. And then I gave you a glimpse on our role to pray for authorities and how that ties into salvation and evangelism that came from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And I also uh, showed you from Isaiah chapter 45 how God can use anyone, whether they know him or not, to fulfill his purposes. That was the example of Cyrus, whom God called him my anointed, my Messiah, my chosen one, even though he says, you didn't even know me. God used him, strengthened him, laid basically the ground for him, and toppled kings and kingdoms for the sake of Cyrus. At the end of the day, God used Cyrus to issue uh, the freedom of religion etiquette, by the way, the first uh, I'm aware of in the Bible, where he allowed people who were taken into exile by the Babylonians to return back to their own homeland and worship freely. And obviously there was a a minor price for that to pay taxes to him. Well, anyway, so taxes are biblical, by the way. Just if you don't believe me, just go and read Romans 13, verses 6 and 7. All that to say is that God used someone like Cyrus who didn't even know him. And yet God still fulfilled his purposes for his people to return from exile after seven years into the promised land. And that was a fulfillment of prophecies that were given many years earlier through the mouth of Jeremiah. And then Daniel in chapter 9 acknowledged that uh, time is ripe now for the fulfillment of God's promise that the exilee will return after the punishment has been fulfilled. It was a punishment that they were sent into exile. Why? Well, Isaiah chapter 1 can tell us. By the way, last time I ended by telling you that uh, Isaiah's chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 are, if you think of it as a court setting, that it is God's charges against his people. He's the prosecutor right now and the judge. As a prosecutor, he was laying out the charges against his people and articulated those charges for their crimes in Isaiah chapter 1 to 5, 1 to 5. I'm going to read a little bit from chapter 1 for you, and then I'm going to read something interesting in chapter 5. So let's start with chapter 1, starting from verse 1. This is what it says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1 and on. 
the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, concerning Judah and Jerusalem, which he saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Now, by the way, Judah is the southern kingdom. Now, at the time when Isaiah was doing this, uh, you know, the northern kingdom was still in place, but then they were taken later into exile by the Assyrians. Ten tribes were vanished and scattered all over the world. But now, the, this vision is dealing with the southern kingdom where there is the people of Judah, the tribe of Judah, and also Benjamin with some Levites that were scattered south and some of them were scattered north. All that to say is this is what the vision says. Verse 2, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2. Listen, O heavens, and hear, O earth. God is invoking heaven and earth so that they are witnesses against the people that he is indicting right now. Listen, O heavens, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. Sons I have reared and brought up, but they have revolted against me. Talking about his own chosen people, they revolted against him. He reared them, he raised them up as his own children, but they revolted against him. They did not treat him as their father or as their Lord or as their master. An ox knows its owner and a donkey its master's manger, manger. But Israel does not know, my people do not understand. And put yourself here, the church does not know, and my people do not understand. God is rebuking his people. And you know what? I'm from the Middle East. When you compare me to donkeys, it's an insult, actually. And God is using that kind of metaphor in here. Even the donkey knows what is the right place to go and have his drink from the manger. Even an ox knows its own owner, but yet my people that have a brain, they do not know who I am and don't function in the appropriate way. Verse 4, alas, sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, offspring of evil doers, sons who act corruptly, they have abandoned the Lord, they have despised the Holy One of Israel, they have turned away from him. And folks, I am so concerned for the welfare of the West in general and the U.S. in particular because I see this signs everywhere. People have turned away from the Lord. And sadly, I am concerned for the church also that sometimes out of either fear or ignorance does not also honor the Lord God who blessed them. Verse 5, where will you be stricken again? As you continue in your rebellion, the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint from the sole of the foot, from the sole of the foot, even to the head. There is nothing sound in the whole body is sick, by the way, the Lord is saying the whole body is sick, only bruises, welts on raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged. It's bleeding the whole time nor softened with oil. It's not even, no medication is put on it. Your land is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your fields, strangers are devouring them in your presence. It is desolation as overthrown by strangers. It looks like a big mess. The daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a watchman's hut in a cucumber field like a designed uh, like, like a besieged city unless the lord of hosts 
had left us a few survivors, we would be like Sodom, we would be like Gomorrah. And what a grace God has given us that he always have his remnant in there. Are we part of these remnants? Are we praying for this nation and for the lost? Are we standing up to the occasion? Are we remembering the Lord who gave us this freedom that we are living? Are we honoring his name? Are we glorifying it? Those are the survivors, the remnants that God always keeps in every place so that they are the shining light of his name, bringing glory to his majesty. Verse 10, again, we're reading from Isaiah 1, verse 10. I'm reading it intentionally, the whole thing, because I want to show you how that ties into a lot of things that are dealing we're dealing with right now and how that ties into what happened to the people of God, Israel, in light of government. They're rebelling against the governor, the Lord himself, the king, basically. In chapter 10, uh, chapter 1, verse 10, it says, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. God is comparing his people to Sodom and Gomorrah. Does this sound familiar to you? That there are many crimes that Sodom and Gomorrah have committed that are being committed right here in our backyard? What are you multiplied, uh, basically, what are you multiplied sacrifices to me? What are they, basically, God is saying? What are your multiplied sacrifices to me? Like, are you joking with me? You go and you sacrifice? You think I'm going to overlook the crimes that you're doing? Says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. And I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. Don't joke with me, he's saying. I've had enough of your sacrifices. Verse 12. When you come to appear before me, who requires of you this trembling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly. I cannot endure it, the Lord is saying. You know what the word assembly is translated in the Greek? Church, gathering, congregation. That's fun. Verse 15, verse 14. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feast. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. And folks, that terrifies me the most that God at some point will not even listen to our prayers anymore because we are complicit and our hands are covered with bloods. How so, you say, Al-Fadi? I'll give you a glimpse. Abortion. Does that sound familiar to you? When you tolerate it, when you vote for it, when you enable it, your hands are covered with blood. Verse 16. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plea for the widow. And may I remind you, defend the unborn. Defend the weak. 
defend those that cannot defend themselves. And now, verse 18, come now and let us reason together. My favorite passage. This is where I call my show, Let Us Reason. This is where I call my live streams on video, Let Us Reason. This is what I call a number of things that I do under that series, Let Us Reason, because the Lord, the, the mighty one of, basically, the, the, the mighty one of Israel, the Lord of the universe, the creator is asking us to come and reason with him. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And the rest of the chapter is filled with all these sobering messages from God. Folks, I am reading these passages because I can tell you that they are as real as they were back then, almost 2,700 years ago, as they are today. These words were actually written 700 years before the coming of our Lord. And it's been 2,000 years since the Lord have come to earth for the first coming. And they are so real right now, hopefully, to the ears of the believers and the church. We are dealing with a wickedness at a scale that has never been seen before. Many lives of unborn children, lifeless, are becoming because of wickedness and hardness of heart of people who think there is something called choice which the Bible calls murder, murder. Do you know when the idea of an eye for an eye was mentioned in the scripture, you ask? I will show you right now, but let me just jump here to Isaiah chapter 5 first to show you what is going on first, what is going on. So Isaiah 5, starting from verse 19 or 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those, to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the light. Sounds familiar to you? Sound familiar to you? Therefore, the Lord says in verse 24, Isaiah 5, 24, Therefore, as a tongue of fire consumes stubble and dry grass collapses into the flame, so their root will become like rot and their blossom Blow away as dust, for they have rejected the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Does that sound familiar to you, folks? Does that sound familiar to you, folks? I'm going to bring up abortion again. And I know 
probably some people are going to listen to this podcast. I'm not going to be that popular with them. You know what? I speak the word of God. You have an issue with me? Then you have an issue with the word of God. Take it up with him. Here is what Leviticus, uh, here is what uh, I should say, Exodus, Exodus chapter 21, Exodus 21, verse 23 reads, Exodus 21, 23 reads, starting from verse 22, actually, if men struggle with each other, Exodus 21, verse 22, I'm going to give you the context. If men struggle with each other and strike a woman with a child, meaning pregnant, so that she gives birth prematurely, yet there is no injury, he shall surely be fined as the woman's husband may demand of him, and he shall pay as the judges decide. Verse 23. But if there is any further injury, then you shall appoint as a penalty live for live, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Do you see this? We quote this all the time, an eye for an eye, an eye for an eye. Did you know that the context was abortion actually? Forced abortion. Men are fighting. A pregnant woman happened to be in the area and somebody somehow striked her fell on her, pushed her and accidentally and fell down and she gave a birth to the child prematurely. If the child died or has injuries, there has to be a penalty paid for that. An eye for an eye. And yet we, the church, think that it's okay to allow this guy who has this policy somehow, well, you know, I don't like him and I got to vote for him, you know. Well, if you're not voting for him, guess what? You are, technically speaking, voting for his policies. I get it that you're not going to vote. I understand. I get it. But when we do not stand up for the policy, for God is using policies sometimes to protect the unborn. Who are we to tell God, you made a bad choice, God. You don't know what you're doing. I have more wisdom than you. I would have never chosen this governor or this government or this president or that administration. I know better than you. That's what we're doing, basically. And the idea that I'm not going to vote for anybody because I'm just tired of it. Well, then you're voting for abortion. I'm sorry to say that. I know I'm gonna not going to be popular. I understand that. That's exactly how it goes, folks. At least let us wise up a little bit and realize that God is putting us, the believers, in these positions so that his name will shine and his name will be glorified. My prayer is that we're up for the occasion. We are up for this occasion. I'm surprised, really, folks. I mean, I I said I'm going to start a new series on uh, government, uh, politics, and the Bible. And guess what? So far, two podcasts, just an introduction to the topic. When we meet next time, because I I acknowledge I'm not going to be able to start it today. When we meet next time, we're going to start with the first of five wrong views about Christians and government. The first view says government should compel religion. Government should force religion on people. The second wrong view says government should exclude religion, separate itself completely from religion. 
all religion in this case separate itself from government. A third view says all government is evil and demonic. In other words, you're saying God is evil and demonic for appointing governors. That's exactly what you mean when you say that, because Romans 13 tells us that God is the one who appoints governments, governments as a minister to him and uh, basically a, an avenger against evildoers. The fourth wrong view says do evangelism only. Keep your focus on evangelism and don't do politics. That's a complete separation, basically. That's wrong, too. And the fifth wrong view says do politics and just put your evangelism out the door. That's also wrong. And as I told you before, there is a huge connection between us, politics, and evangelism. And I'm going to take you back again to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm going to read to you verses 1 to 4. Verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting from verse 1. First of all, this is the Apostle Paul in his letter to Timothy saying, First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. You see, we're required to live in godliness and in respect of one another, respect of the authorities that God has appointed. Verse 3, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Why? Because it says in verse 4, God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of that truth. Hallelujah. That's the God that we worship, folks. This is the God that we are following. This is the one that basically would like for us to... Um, Glorify his name, glorify his name by praying for kings and authorities, by acknowledging the fact that he is the one who appointed kings and authorities and governments, by realizing that governments are a tool in his hand, ministers for him, by accepting the will of God, for at the end of the day, it's all about living a peaceful life filled with godliness and dignity, resulting basically in all men being saved. And that's what would unfold when we start talking next time. When we start talking next time, when we deal with these different views. As always, I want to remind you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. That's C as in Charlie. Sierra International, and also if the Lord puts you in your heart to be a supporter of the ministry, there is ways you can do this through Patreon. You can become a Patreon patron and give monthly as little as one dollar, believe it or not. Or if you can give through PayPal as well, if that's your desire, or any other means, let us know. These kind of givings help us stay on the air, pay for the time that we. Uh, basically reserve for these podcasts, even help us with production of videos and all kind of stuff, especially in these times with the COVID 
And many people have been impacted, and even some of our donors obviously have been impacted by it too. So we appreciate anything the Lord puts you in your heart. Pray about it, and if you consider to do it, we are so thankful for it. But the least you can do for us, or I, I would say uh, the best you can do for us, is to pray. Pray for us. Pray for uh, provisions. Pray for means to be made available uh, by the hand of God for us to continue to do these things. Another way you can also listen to this podcast and all of the previous ones is to go to our website, sirainternational.com, sirainternational.com. And in there, you will find a section for Let Us Reason, and you have our archive shows with titles and descriptions. Hopefully, you'll find them beneficial. We encourage you to share them with others, especially these uh, hot topics that we'll be talking about related to uh, government politics and the Bible. Again, thank you so much for all of your help, prayers, and support, and partnership with us. We are really blessed by it. And until we meet again next time, this is Al Fadi. May the Lord bless you richly, and we'll see you again next time. Take care.